We've got a trade. Luis Urias to the Mariners, Isaiah Campbell to the Red Sox. Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, November 17th, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. Told you something was going to happen while I was away and couldn't record, but uh, apologies for the delay in getting this episode out nonetheless. Um, Most of you have probably seen it by now, but if not, the Mariners have made a trade. They have acquired infielder Luis Urias from the Boston Red Sox. For reliever Isaiah Campbell, Urias is coming off an injury-filled 2023 in which he was traded midseason from Milwaukee to Boston, uh, but he's only a year removed from back-to-back strong seasons with the Brewers. So, Colby, before we get really in the weeds, uh, give me your general thoughts on this deal. I like it. Um, don't love it. It's tough to love any deal for... Um, a player that is pretty much slated to be part of a platoon, but um, there's a lot of little fun hidden aspects in this deal that you, you can talk about. And I talked about some of them in, in my solo show on the Patreon, but um, there's a lot of fun little angles. You can, you can kind of tentacle off of this, this one trade, but overall I like it. You know, it is a position of concern uh, where you are kind of like, Right now, or before this trade, you were really counting on Dylan Moore to bounce back, and but uh, or you're counting on Ryan Bliss to come up and do something he's never done before. Yeah, but with Urias, you get a former top prospect, a former elite, borderline elite prospect who's had a couple of productive major league seasons in the very near future. Uh, 2023 struggle that's pretty easy to explain away, uh, and you trade a a position of not necessarily strength, but a position of replacement a, a position where you have replaced arms like the one you gave up every mm. single season literally mm. in the middle of the season in fact Campbell was one of those guys that replaced an arm that you were counting on so um, if you're going to trade from your major league roster uh, trading from a, an area where you are a proven um, you know a, a proven what's the word you're you've proven that you can like replicate these guys and kind of create them yeah. out of thin air. Um, so being able to trade from that position instead of, you know, maybe an area where you struggle uh, certainly is, is preferable. And and so, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's an interesting deal. It, it's a guy making a little bit of money who may or may not have been non-tender today. So you might've been able to get him for cheaper money, but we don't care about money. Right guys. But uh, it's six years of a guy for two years of a guy. And only two years of a guy, if that guy makes sense or if that guy produces. 
So it's, it's not a, you know, it's not a even um, club control type of deal, which is something Jerry usually tries to get somebody with club control in a deal. Um, so yeah, overall it's, it's a bit different. It's a bit unique. There are again, a lot of different avenues we can go down when discussing this trade, but overall I like the move. I think it makes a lot more sense. The more you talk it out, um, I'm going to miss Isaiah Campbell. He was one of my favorites. I think mm-hmm. we were both higher on him in the prospect ranks than Perlanda Baroa before the season. And I feel like we nailed that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss him. He, he's one of my boys, but, uh, you know, this is the business and, and I like Urias. I, I like what he can bring to the table. And right. again, the more you talk about it, the more you kind of drill down into all these different, you know, tentacles, uh, from the main idea. There's a lot to like about this deal. It opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah. I think if, uh, if Urias is even just kind of a league average bat, I think this is kind of a home run of a deal. Cause again, you, you, you have proven time and time again that you're able to replenish your bullpen relatively easy, especially like it's a little bit different in terms of high leverage arms, but in terms of like mid leverage arms, like Isaiah Campbell, you've been able to find guys, you've been able to manufacture guys from within your organization. You've been able to find guys on the fringes. So I'm not too worried about that. And Campbell was someone that I would consider to be on the bubble of the bullpen. I don't think it was an absolute guarantee that he would make the bullpen coming out of spring training. I think he's probably, you know, the sixth, seventh or eighth guy in that bullpen. Um, depending on what else they were, you know, they're planning on doing this offseason. So I don't think that's a significant loss from that perspective. I think they're going to be able to replace his production relatively easy. And relative to who Urias was for the you know last few years before this year, uh, I don't think it's as much of an overpay as I've been seeing people say on Twitter. Um, so yeah, from that perspective, I like it. Um, you know, you mentioned the uh, the potential platoon here between Urias and, and Rojas, which uh, that does make sense when you look at the splits. Uh, but my hope right now, and, and it's very early in the offseason, it's only November 17th, so there's plenty of time for the Mariners to do more here, especially with regards to second base. But my hope and a little bit of expectation here is that Urias and the presence of Urias is more of a push for um, Dillamore, Jose Caballero, just more competition there. Uh, I believe Urias also has a minor league option left, so he doesn't have to make the 26-man roster out of camp. Um, so for me, ideally, that's what it is. And then you know, you kind of hope that he can produce and maybe he gets back to being an everyday player. And if he gets back to being an everyday player, that's a, that's a grand slam of a deal for, for the Mariners, really, because this is a guy who historically doesn't strike out that much. He walks at an above average clip 11.9% even this year when he was really struggling. Um, and there's some context there. I mean, I mentioned that it was kind of an injury filled uh, season for him and we'll, we'll get into uh, that a little bit more um, in a bit here. But um, I think this is uh, this is a player that kind of fits what we assume the mirrors were going to be targeting this off season. Um, just in a little bit more of a of a roundabout way, right? Like this isn't a guy that's coming off of a good season. This is this isn't a guy that I, for me, I don't think is guaranteed to make the roster. Um, you know, but I also didn't think that you know Tommy Lastella or Cooper Hummel were making the roster. So so who knows? Maybe Urias is going to be locked in, and, and what the Mariners do for the rest of the offseason is going to reflect that. Um, 
but I don't think that he should be a guarantee, and I don't think that the Mariners should proceed this offseason like Luis Urias is a guarantee to really give them anything. I don't think you can bank on anything here, but there is a path here. And again, there's a lot of context here that says that maybe 2023 was just a fluke for Urias and that he can mm-hmm. still be that guy that he was in 22 and 21. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say a couple things about that. Were you were you in on Jonathan India? Did you like that idea? Same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Similar type of players. Did you like what Josh Rojas gave you at the end of the year? Similar players. Like, yeah. Basically, this is a this is a type of player that we've talked about the Mariners going out and getting to compliment uh, a Rojas. So um, you know, a guy who's mostly going to be on the bench, but will start against lefties and you know, can play around the infield a little bit, uh, has some upside. Uh, certainly. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, this is a move that a lot of people would have liked if it was Jonathan India, even though Urias might be a better player than India right now. I mean, it's obviously, you know, he's coming off a terrible year, but that's pretty easy to explain, uh, or it's pretty easy to, you know, talk yourself into, uh, why he really struggled this last year. But yeah, if you liked the idea of Jonathan India yesterday, you probably like this idea because you got Urias for, I'm going to assume about 20, 25% less than you were probably going to have to pay for India. Well, yeah. And if the reds are being unreasonable about Mm -hmm. India, if they are just straight up asking you for Brian Wu or Bryce Miller, I mean, I'm taking this deal for Urias 10 times out of 10. Like if it's just between the two, right? Um, So yeah. So I think it's an interesting shot. For the Mariners to take, I think it's an interesting flyer, and I don't think that they gave up anything prohibitive here, uh, personally. Because again, even the biggest Depoto regime detractors have to admit that this regime has been very good at um, manufacturing mid-leverage relievers. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the seal, and we're, we're going to tell you why we think um, 2023 could be a fluke for Luis Urias in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. You know, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. But today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster supply chain issue because you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry anymore about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescription. This is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply, and I also ordered an antibiotic kit. Now I feel secure. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love will get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, $20 off your purchase. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. We are talking about the Mariners trade for Luis Urias. They send Isaiah Campbell back to the Boston Red Sox. A very simple one-for-one deal. And uh, Urias 
is coming off of a very bad year in 2023. But before that, 2021, he was worth 2.3 F4, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let me double check that. Yeah, uh, 2.1 F4 in 2021 and 2.3 in 2022. He was a 112 WRC plus guy, which means he was a 12% uh, better hitter than the league average hitter. And then uh, 110 WRC plus in 2022. Uh, so 10% better than the league average in 2022. Um, and this year, the the reason that I said earlier that I think 2023 could be a fluke is it was riddled with injuries for Luis Urias. Like the, the guy really couldn't catch a break. He had an, a head injury in spring training, then a hamstring injury that put him on the 60 day IL and he missed the first two and a half months, I think of the season, three months of the season. Then, you know, of course with, you know, really no time at all spent on the field and in, in the calendar year of 2023 struggled once he got back onto the field and then the Brewers traded him to Boston. He also had, what was the other thing he had? He had another injury towards the end of the year mm-hmm. and he finished the year on, on the IL, I believe. Um, so it was a wrist. Yeah. Something I, I, I looked quickly at his injury history. So, um, a lot of start and stop for Urias in 2023. And, you know, it's a little, I, I was going to use the comparison of Malik Smith missing, you know, spring training or like Dylan Moore this past year missing spring training, but it's a little bit different because Urias actually, he played in the WBC. He played for most of spring training before he suffered the hamstring injury. It was pretty much towards the end of spring training that he suffered that. Um, but we do know that when guys get hurt, especially, early on in the season it can derail their entire season because it's just it's hard for them to get going once especially like for urias coming back like three months into the regular season everyone's at full speed everyone is very well conditioned for the season meanwhile he's trying to play catch up and so that that can easily easily spiral um so yeah do, do you think i'm on to something here do you think like this could actually be a fluke here for urias and and really at the end of the day if he can stay healthy he's probably more so the you know the two win player two win ish player that we saw in 2021 and 2022 yeah because when i look at the numbers i i, I don't see a deterioration of skills uh necessarily mm. because i look at the I look at things like the whiff rate and it stayed roughly the same. I look at things like walk rate. It stays roughly the same. Um, I look at things like chase rate and it stays roughly yep. the same. He's above average in all of these metrics uh, each of the last three years. Now his average exit below took a pretty big, uh, pretty big dive. But again, that's pretty easily explained by the fact that he missed two and a half months. It takes a while to get your timing back. Um, and then he suffered another injury at the end of the year. So um, you know, we, we saw, remember Josh Rojas got off to a slow start, missed a couple months, came back. It took him a couple weeks after he came back, uh, before he really started to roll. So, um, I, when I look at the underlying numbers, I look at chase rates, I look at whiff rates, I look at walk, I look at strikeouts, they're all right within norm. And then the one thing I see that's not a norm and took a serious dip is average exit below, which is something the Mariners value. Uh, so, right. Um, in on the surface, you would say like, well, he doesn't check that box, but it's not normal for a guy to dip, you know, 10% in one year, uh, in that metric that points to something else happening, particularly again, when chase rate, when whiff rate, when walk rate, when strikeout rate, when those are all the same, he's still making similar swing decisions. Mm -hmm. He's still putting the ball in play a similar amount. 
and the numbers are that drastically different tells me there was something going on uh, a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of an, an injury history. Um, I just don't see anything in the numbers that suggests that he's like toast or that he, that he's cooked at 26 years old. Right. Um, so, you know, when I look at the numbers, I, I look at, did he, did he drastically change how, how much he was swinging and missing like Ty France? Was he expanding the zone more than he ever has? No, he wasn't or not to a degree that's like noticeable at least. So, yeah. I, I tend to think that this was mostly injury. I think it was a, a you know a, a season where everything that could go wrong kind of did. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, you look up and you're hitting a buck ninety eight, and you're you're thinking, you know, wow, this is a hole I can't pull myself out of. So um, yeah, yeah. I and just, despite I hitting one ninety four this year, he still got on base at a three thirty seven yeah. clip. I mean, that's pretty impressive relative to the batting average now he didn't slug at all <laughs> he had a two right. what 299 slugging percentage that's awful mm-hmm. especially when again you know he played about half of his season um in, in boston uh you know you definitely want to see those slugging numbers go up um and not just yeah. in the over over the wall department like need to be hitting for more doubles um because that's that's going to be a big part of his game because he's never been a high average guy right uh but you know, he's only two years removed from hitting 23 bombs. And mm-hmm. again, we've talked about this in the weeks leading up to the offseason. Like, if you can get power output from a position that typically doesn't produce a ton of power, like second base, that's great. That's awesome. Like, you're, you're plus in that department if you can get that. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of the hope here. And at the very least, it gives you ideally for me at least it gives you more depth on your bench um and then you know we'll see if they want to do the platoon here with rojas if that's actually the plan if that's just the plan that they want to roll with at second base that wouldn't be my preference but there are also aren't a ton of options to get better at at second base either this offseason so you kind of have to be realistic about this um so you know maybe this is what they just end up rolling with uh, but again, it's November 17th or 18th, depending on where you live and what time you're watching this. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's very early. Uh, but again, I, I like I like the steal and I, and I like the upside of this deal. Yeah, it's it's a very high floor deal. Um, basically, no shot. You you lose to a significant degree. Um, so, yeah, it, it, like I said, I think it's mostly injury for last year. Um, I, I've. Just again, I, I don't think that 26 year olds just suddenly forget how to hit in particular when they're not expanding the zone when they're not, you know, when their walk numbers don't tank, when their strikeout numbers don't spike. Like I just, I don't see uh, any reason to suspect that this is anything other than um, an injury uh, happening. Yeah. Uh, so, or injuries yeah. uh, getting in the way. So, yeah. And, and we'll again, see, you mentioned he's he's 26 years old. We're not talking about a 31 year old, right? Which yeah, is usually like we'll we'll see. You know, I, it could be not, this deal could literally be nothing, and yep. and I think that's fine too. Because again, I I just I'm not I'm not losing sleep over trading Isaiah Campbell. Frankly, no, you're you're taking a shot, right? And if it hits, great. If it doesn't, not a big yeah. miss. And if, if it's just a neutral trade, oh well. Um, but I, I'll, I'll tell you why uh, uh-huh. in just a second. I'll tell you why. I actually think this deal has some serious upside and okay. why it could be Jerry DePoto's best. Not counting all, all right. the good ones. 
You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. That was more of a lead into an actual ad break, but you know, whatever. Good, good job. Good tease. Good tease. Uh, so, so what? What is this upside you speak of, Mister Patnode? Right. So, first of all, let's start here. Uh, you mentioned the the plan is probably Rojas and and Urias platooning at second base, except what if it's not? Because what we have heard is that the Mariners are getting plenty of interest in Gino Suarez. And we've Mm. sat here and we've said, you know, what are you going to do? Because, I mean, maybe you could trade Gino, but are you going to now you have to replace him at third base? How do you handle that? Well, with Urias, either Urias could play third base if you believe in the bat or Rojas and Urias can shift to third base and platoon there. Uh, if necessary, because both of those guys are actually better at third base than they are at second base. Um, so it does leave open more of a possibility that you could trade Gino. Now, again, if you do that and you shift those guys over, you still have to find a second baseman, but who knows? And maybe Glaber Torres makes sense now or, or something like that. Right. So right. it does give you another option at third base. It gives you kind of two avenues to get better. If you can find a third baseman you think is better than, than Gino. Fine. If you find a second baseman you think is better than those two guys, then you just shift them over and, and you go and you get the second baseman. So it gives right. you multiple avenues. Uh, but the reason that I'm I'm interested in this deal is, or I think this has potential to be a, a big deal, is that I look at what Urias was just two years ago, mm-hmm. right? Even last year would have been fine. And I say, what if the Mariners find the tweak, the tweak, mm-hmm. and they get the right voice with the right player, and the right adjustment, is it possible that Urias could hit 260, 270 with 25 bombs? Because his career high is 249 with 23 home runs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that an insane possibility? No, it's not. And if that's what happens, he's better than a Eugenio Suarez. Mm-hmm. Unless Gino has another incredible gold glove season. Yeah. Uh, what he was. Yeah. Like, unless if, like, Gino becomes 2022 get, Gino. Yeah. If you yeah. get 2022 Gino offense and 2023 Gino glove, then that's like a four and a half, five, one player. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. that that's different, but is it outside the realm of possibility that they've added this apparently like mechanical hitting genius? Like he's very good with mechanics in uh, what's his name? Brant Brown. Yeah. Um, we've seen the Mariners, kind of make these small adjustments in the middle of seasons and it works. Mm. They made an adjustment with Josh Rojas. He took off. They made an adjustment with Julio in August. He took off. Uh, They made adjustments with Cal Raleigh. Like this is not a team that is incapable of developing hitters. And now they've added this apparent guru that everybody seems to think is, is like a top five hitting coach in in the game. They've added him to their staff. Um, they have a track record of developing young bats. Now it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Jared Kelmick took another big step this year. Um, Cal Raleigh took another step this year. You look at what Caballero did. You look at, you know, what all these other players did Rojas when he came here. Uh, and it's just sometimes, again, it's just about the right voice at the right time to the right player. We saw JP Crawford go from a 100 WRC plus bat to a 135 WRC plus bat in one off season because he got something he heard the right per- the right thing from the right person and he executed it well and he improved by 30 percent is urias going to do that i don't know maybe maybe not he's kind of the same prospect pedigree that crawford was he's younger than crawford was he actually had seasons of well above average offensive production that crawford hadn't really had before 
So is it possible that Urias could be 10% better? Not only get back to what he was in 2022 or 2021, could he get 10% better than that? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. could without doing a whole heck of a lot. Because if he walks the same amount as he does, if he strikes out the same amount as he does, and he gets that average, that career average from 235 to 250, which is one hit every 10 days, and if he hits two more home runs in, over the course of the entire season, that's a player who can play second base. That's a player who can play third base. That's a player who could fake it at shortstop. Who's going to hit 25 home runs, have, you know, if he hits 250, his on-base percentage is going to be 360, right around that range. And if yeah. he's hitting 25 home runs, he's probably slugging 420 to 450, somewhere in that range. And all of a sudden, you have an 800 OPS, really good defensive third baseman who can also play second base, hit 25 home runs. Now you've changed things. Now you've changed the outlook of your offense because essentially what you've done is you've added Teoscar Hernandez, who can play defense in the infield. Mm. Mm. You've got a viable replacement for Gino. Now we're not asking who's the starting third baseman in 2025. It's Urias. Of course it is. He's also 26 years old. Huh. That kind of fits the model, doesn't it? Isn't that the type of player the Mariners look to extend? There's a very not, it's it's not even that crazy. You don't even have to go like, well, if he could just improve by 35% like JP Crawford, he's an all-star. No. If he improves by 10% over his career norms, you've got a borderline all-star in his prime. He's technically not even hit his athletic prime yet. That's not for another year or two. There is a lot of upside in Urias, and he also allows you to, you know, shift your focus either this winter or in the offseason because of the versatility he brings. You don't have to play him at second base. You can play him at third base. You don't have to play him at third base. You can play him at second base. And if all he does is get back to what he was in 2021, 2022, and if all Rojas does is get back to what he was before this last year, the Mariners, who had a 70, I believe it's the number, 70 WRC plus at second base, are going to have a 100 to 110 WRC plus at second base. And if you're telling me that a 40% increase in offensive output from one position isn't a significant upgrade, you've, you're off the reservation, my friend. You, you've lost your mind. That is a huge upgrade. And again, we're not dreaming on this. We're not hoping that Ryan Bliss comes up as a rookie and puts up a 130 WRC plus. We're simply asking two veteran players to do what they've done for a vast majority of their career. And if they mm. do that, mm. the Mariners will have improved either at second base or third base anywhere between 10 to 35% over the offensive output they got at that position last year. And again, we're not asking for a miracle. We're not asking what happened to JP Crawford last year. I'd stop short of calling it a miracle because there was a lot of hard work put into that. But when's the last time we saw a 35% increase in offensive output from a league average bat? It doesn't happen every year, guys. Mm. We're not even asking for that. We're asking you to get back to where you were and maybe find another 5% each. If you do that, if you do that, then Urias all of a sudden mm -hmm. is not just the fourth best bat you, you've added. He's one of the most valuable pieces moved this winter in a trade. A third baseman with a 125 WRC plus and plus defense, massive. Is it ridiculous to think that Urias could get there at 26 years old with a fresh start here in Seattle? An organization that's just hired this mechanical hitting genius right. or whatever and has a track record of getting more out of guys when they come over from other teams? Is mm -hmm. that ridiculous to ask? 
it's not right and also make no mistake both of these guys can coexist on the bench as well yep mm-hmm. so this does not prohibit the mariners from doing anything else at that position third base second base whatever doesn't mm-hmm. prohibit uh, prohibit them from doing anything like that um but they again go you know, op- options though are, are limited on the market mm-hmm. so this might be what it is it's not sexy but there is a path you're going to be a lot more happy when you need a double off of you know a Roldis chapman and the rangers in the ninth and it's not jose caballero coming off the bench it's luis sure. urias all right yep. so uh incremental changes matter right and this right. has the potential to be more than incremental yeah no it, it really does because again you, you we're talking about a former top prospect again who you mentioned has had multiple years of offensive success of being what is considered a an everyday player by f4 standards once you get to that mm-hmm. two win threshold you are considered an everyday player uh, he's ha- he has two seasons like that already under his belt and now he's entering his physical prime his athletic prime uh and yeah you know the the injuries are obviously concerning but they're also potentially an indication here that his struggles this year kind of a fluke it's it's a it's a really interesting shot it's more than fine um and you know we'll see how everything plays out roster wise once we get to february right and we'll see what it all looks like and we'll see what you know they believe urias's role is right now and and Mm -hmm. maybe they don't even know that just yet they might not know that just yet so yeah and like i'm not trying to tell you guys that urias is going to be an all-star he's got to earn everything he's got to earn the opportunity to show that he deserves to even you know be a platoon partner with rojas yeah he started from from the ground zero okay he's got to build trust with his coaching staff he's got to put in the work and he has to earn his at-bats they're not going to be given to him Mm. But if he does, if he does, it's going to be a really high impact move at multiple positions for the Seattle Mariners. And all it cost yeah. you was a middle reliever. As much as I like Isaiah Campbell, yeah. I'll go get that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really like Isaiah Campbell. Wish him nothing but the best in, in Boston. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also think that the Mariners are, are going to be, like I said earlier, they're going to be able to uh, replicate that, that production fairly yeah. easy. So, um, and, and I think they have at least a couple of guys already within the organization that are more than capable of, of doing that, um, and including Prolander Baroa. So, yeah, so that's, uh, those are kind of our thoughts on the, uh, Luis Urias steal. Uh, I'm sure we'll have, um, you know, more opportunity to talk about this and see if the Mariners do anything else over the next few days. Um, you know, if if something happens, we'll we'll probably do a show. Uh, if something happens on the weekend, if we're both available, we'll we'll probably do a show. Uh, so you know, look out for that. If the Mariners make a move, I'll be around this weekend, which means that they probably won't. And then I'm gonna be going out again on Tuesday, so that means that something will probably happen on Tuesday. Uh, because of course, it's like uh, Jerry knows or something. Uh, maybe maybe Jerry watched the show today and he was like, oh, I heard that Ty is gonna be out of town. Time to say yes to that deal with the Red Sox that we've been working on. Sure. Right. For the question of the day, because we got to go. Where yeah. do you think Ty was all day? <laughs> Let us know in the comments down below. I, I'm 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 in, I'm intrigued by the answers and a little mm-hmm. bit scared. 
but so intri- so intrigue, intrigue, nevertheless. Well, it's I it's don't want... Friday. It's Friday night, man. Like, yeah. People are watching this tonight. The question, the answers could get unhinged, but we got to go because we're already 37 Friday minutes. Day in. night. Uh, I don't want to know where you thought I was. You you keep that. We're to leave it up to the people. Yeah, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Batnode, I'm Tidey Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball night. We'll see you next time. Peace.